What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement, Amron. We got Winnie in the back here, dead asleep. But we just finished up a $1,000 Mastiff draft on Underdog. $1,000. Pretty crazy. And I can't justify spending that amount of money without giving you guys some content. Now, it was a slow draft, so I was making picks every couple of days. It's not like I could have streamed it. So I decided to wait till it all got wrapped up. And then show the team to you guys. We had some high rollers in this league as well. So maybe you guys can sort of learn a thing or two. Or maybe just get some entertainment value out of a outrageously high stakes team. Uh, or high stakes buy-in for a best ball team. So with all that being said, let's not waste any more time. If you enjoy this video, make sure down below. Subscribe. Leave a like. Leave. A, I spent $1,000, boys. Leave a like. Let's go. Now, before we even talk about the format itself, the Mastiff, make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy if you haven't already. They are a beautiful, beautiful sponsor of this entire channel. You use promo code RON on Underdog Fantasy. They'll match your deposit up to $100. You can hop in, play some of these best ball drafts where you draft your team, and you don't have to worry about trades or setting your lineup. You draft it, you forget about it, and it's a beautiful thing to, you know, Get prepared for your homely. Go out there, draft some teams, get a feel for what a draft room feels like. And you can kind of get a sense when Underdog has the most sharp ADP in the game, where it's 21 plus, 18 plus in most states, and you have money on the line. It's much sharper than the ADP on a lot of these sites that have just sort of been carrying on since, you know, January 1st. And there's kids on there doing free mock drafts. And there's a lot of junk and noise in that ADP. So you can kind of figure out where players should be going when you draft an Underdog and you take that into your home league. And you can kind of exploit the edges in those formats. Now, when we talk about the Mastiff, again, $1,000 entry, but it's a really weird format. It is a tournament, right? So it's a setup where you have your 12-person group, and then from there, it kind of divulges into a tournament. Now, it's really interesting because you have 240 entrants, but you can see here with the prize breakdown, $20,000 up top to first place, $1,000 from 61st to 120th. So your minimum get back is $1,000. And on top of that, 120 prizes given away means the top half of this tournament gets money, right? So it's not like a best ball mania. It's like the top 1% of the contest gets money. And this is a top 50%. And it's much more flat. Like you don't have to shoot for the craziest upside of all time. Now, it's a half PPR best ball. Super standard for underdog, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, and 10 bench spots. And the tournament structure itself, this sort of this thing all the way on your right-hand side, my left, you can see that round one is a 12-person group. So that's this draft, right? We draft this team in a 12-person pod, and round one takes place over weeks one through 14. And at the end of round one, right, round one being weeks one through 14, you have the top six advancing, whereas in like the... Uh, Best Ball Mania, you have like the top two advancing in every 12 league or 12 person league. This one, it's the top six. So the top half of the league moves on. So you don't really have to necessarily shoot for like crazy, crazy upside. And then at the end of round two, which is, you know, once that week 14 happens and week 14 is done, you move on to round two, which is a six person group of a bunch of other guys who also just came out on top. And then the top three people in round two, which is week 15, move on. To round three, which is then going to be groups of four in week 16, which then advances to round four, which is a week 17 final 
of 30 people. And you can see just making it there nets you at least $2,000 with first place getting $20,000. So it's not this like crazy upside shot, but it is a nice, you know, it's not a lottery ticket per se. You're putting in $1,000. You can 20x that money if you know, if you finish in the top half, you're pretty much guaranteed to get at least $1,000. And I wanted to sort of look at what that looks like compared to BBM. So I sort of took the prize structure here. You can see the massive across the bottom, $1,000 buy-in, $20,000 grand prize, right? $20,000 up top, $220,000 total in the prize pool, 240 people in the entire tournament, 120 people are getting paid. That's 50% of the teams getting paid. Whereas in like BBM, it's like 16.67% uh, are receiving prizes. And the average prize, so if you do make it to the top half, you're getting $1,833. That's your expected payday if you just finish in the top half, which is nice. It's almost like doubling your money uh, if you finish in the top half with the upside to like 20x, which is it's interesting again, right? So the average price per buy-in, your average price for buy-in, where if you let's say you get the the average prize up top, you're 1.8xing your money, whereas BBM you're like 5.3xing. But again, it's a lot narrower. So here you don't necessarily have to shoot for a crazy, crazy upside team. But what I will say is I think correlation and stacking still does matter. I think something that is really interesting that I sort of wanted to look at to compare is this tournament on FFPC. Now, FFPC, Fantasy Football Players Championship, it's like the biggest high-stakes site out there. They did a Superflex best ball tournament. Now, of course, the Massive isn't Superflex, but you can still kind of take the core principles where this was a Superflex tournament, a best ball tournament, with a 33-team final, which is similar to the Massive having 30 teams. And this was the team that won it all, and there was plenty of correlation here. Uh, in black, you have a Jaguar stack that was uh, Trevor Lawrence to uh, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. So that's like a pretty map. That's four players from the same team uh, on this guy's team. You then have uh, red, which is going to be Tampa Bay stack, where you have Tom Brady, Rashad White, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. And then you even have the bring back where I pointed to DJ Moore. Tampa Bay played Carolina. So he even was thinking that far ahead where he had a week 17 stack lined up where he had this huge Tampa Bay stack. And then he not only had DJ Moore, but if Christian McCaffrey hadn't gotten traded, he probably purposely drafted Christian McCaffrey or, you know, in hindsight drafted like DJ Moore as a stack to McCaffrey and then brought it back with Brady. This is pretty crazy. For a 30 person final, this is a really correlated team. Then you have as well Cardinals versus Falcons played in the final week, which is James Conner, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. So he had two different week 17 stacks set up. And then also a big like Jaguar stack. So even in a 30 person final, you still do need correlation. And and really what it comes down to with like why you want to stack up Trevor Lawrence, if you draft Trevor Lawrence, or let's say you draft even like Christian Kirk or Zay Jones or any of these guys, you're making a bet on the Jaguars passing offense. So instead of drafting, you know, you could have drafted Trevor Lawrence and then three separate pass catchers. Well, here's the issue. In a given week when in these best ball contents, contests, you need like the highest weekly ceiling uh, in that final round. You, if it's Trevor Lawrence and three random pass catchers, that's now a, a four-leg parlay, right? If it's Trevor Lawrence and his three pass catchers, it's just one singular bet because you only need one or two of them to go off in that final round, right? And if Trevor Lawrence doesn't go off and all those pass catchers fail, you likely don't have a good week anyways. You kind of need them all to hit anyways. So it's, it's just a matter of turning. You know, let's say you have 16 or 18 players on your underdog team and none of them are correlated. That's essentially an 18-leg parlay. Or, I mean, let's say the starters, right? So you start about like 10. I'm trying to think. One quarterback two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, and a flex. So that's like eight. I think that's eight. So that's like an eight-leg parlay. But if you can, you know, you stack the quarterback to two pass catchers and you have like a week 17 correlation between like the running back and the tight end, all of a sudden you turn like an eight-leg parlay into like a, a, a two- or three-leg parlay that's much more manageable in terms of needing things to hit 
in the right way. We saw it with even Pat Crane's team that won BBM. His team was super correlated. So even in these small field tournaments, I was talking uh, about it with Liam Murphy, the winner of BBM2 on Twitter, because I, I, I was entering this and I was like, do you think that you need Week 17 correlation? He said, honestly, any best ball tournament out there where there's a, a Week 17 round where you just need the highest total score, I'm mixing in some Week 17 correlation because you still do want to optimize for the best possible outcome in that round. So with that being said, let's actually get to the draft after sort of breaking down uh, the format here. And this is where the title kind of speaks for itself. So I think the title is going to be something on the lines of like, uh, I spent a bunch on this draft and it, it was a disaster. And we spend $1,000 on this draft and we get the 12 spot. We get the 12 spot. Now, I will say like 12 spots, not the huge, it's not the end of the world. I was looking at advance rates from the last two years on, uh, on underdog and team 12 has uh, an, uh, you know, a green advance rate. It's not like the best spot in the world, but it's at least it's been fine the last couple of years, but this is where things get tricky. We have daily Rojo, AKA Pat Corrine. He's been on the channel and we are going to have to play monkey in the middle with him the entire draft. The guy who just won $2 million last year knows what he's doing and he is going to be sandwiching us at every single turn. Now, I will say as well, I know uh, I, I uh, recognize C. Surim 88 in the three spot. Uh, he's Peter Jennings. He formerly owned uh, like Action Network. He's a super huge high roller. That's why he's playing in like a $1,000 Mastiff. I think I recognize Brink 44 as well, but I can't remember who he is. All of these guys are like red badges and stuff. We are in a pretty cutthroat room here. Now, I'm on the clock and I'm hoping for Bijan or CeeDee Lamb, and they both go. We're at the 12 spot here, right? You can see Ron Stewart all the way at the end. So I decided to go with Devontae Adams and Amon Ross St. Brown at this turn, and the thought process there is, yes, I could have gone double hero RB. Maybe I could have stacked up, you know, like Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb or, like, my choice of Chubb and Saquon or Saquon and Tony Pollard. The issue I have with that is, like, we see here with the five spot and the seven spot, they both went McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and then Eckler, Saquon. Whatever two running backs I could have gotten at the 12-13 probably would have just been worse versions of those. So I was sort of fine going Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Devontae Adams. Those were two guys that I don't love taking out the 112 and 201 because they're guys you can kind of get in the early second uh, after getting a Bijan or a Lamb or a Diggs or something that I like a little bit better. But those were the two guys that we talked about in my 20-plus point-per-game upside video for wide receivers that I felt like had 20-plus point-per-game upside. And I decided, you know, we'd want to get ahead of the wide receiver curb in a room or wide receiver curve. I don't know why I said curb, but in a room with Patrick Corrine, you know, a famous, infamous, if you will, wide receiver drafter. I wanted to get ahead of the curve. So we double tap wide receiver there, opens us up to some stacking options down the line here. But then we get to the three, four, and this is where it gets tough. We're not having fun. All the elite QBs are gone, right? Lamar, Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, all of them are gone. And I will say elite quarterbacks are really nice to have in a format like this where it's a, again, it's not this like super high upside thing. You just want to finish in the top half, really. Elite quarterbacks really raise your flow, uh, raise your floor in best ball. And we get, you know, the shitty end of the stick. We get access to none of them. Uh, and we have to see, you know, the two spot gets a Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith stack there, which is absolutely brutal to see. And we're essentially staring down here. I would have loved Debo or Ridley or Andrews. None of them make it back to us. And we're essentially staring down Jameer Gibbs or ETN. But I didn't really feel a ton of pressure to take a running back here. Uh, I, I don't love Gibbs that early in half PPR. I will say I'm starting to come around to the idea of just like anytime Jameer Gibbs is available in the fourth round, regardless of the format, I kind of just want to take him no matter what. I think that's probably a, a sound strategy moving forward. And then ETN, I didn't really feel a ton of pressure to take. So what we ended up doing is we actually double tapped wide receiver here now some of you guys are gonna say like ron what are we doing going like zero rb here in a room where again like you don't really have to shoot for maximum upside and to be honest 
four wide receivers through five rounds or through four rounds here. Uh, I, I went to Rotoviz, checked out the win rates, and the advance rates were pretty solid, right? The average advance rate from a BBM is 16.7%. If you draft, say, six to seven wide receivers after, after starting four wide receivers straight, that goes up to like 22%, 23%, which is a pretty good thing, right? So the, the semifinals and finals is more of your ceiling. Your playoff advance rate, so just advancing out of round one in BBM, that's still sort of a floor-ish outcome. So it's, it's, it's a good positive strategy and I don't mind zigging while you know others are zagging there's a lot of guys going kind of like double hero and you know mixing in running backs pretty much everybody besides me actually no there are a couple teams that didn't have a running back through three rounds but there were some like robust RB type drafters and I figured you know we didn't have to really force anything and we just go with Christian Watson and Jerry Judy here as kind of like a really nice option where uh Judy is someone I want to be targeting as like a year I guess it's like year four now, but I want to target the Denver offense to have a bounce back here. And then we also have Christian Watson, who I think is going to give us a lot of spike week potential. I'm kind of coming around on this Green Bay Packers offense. I don't love talking through uh, training camp stuff, but Jordan Love has been getting some pretty pretty nice reviews out of there. And then we get to the 5-6 turn. And again, all the elite QBs are gone now. Burrow, Herbert, Fields, all gone. We had Karain, you know, perfectly secure a Herbert to Keenan Allen after going with a Hero RB Bijan build. I mean, he's just having... A very nice textbook draft here. And I gave, you know, I gave Lockett a long, hard look here. I didn't want to take uh, Trevor Lawrence, like, past ADP. Or, like, you know, th this would have been reaching on Trevor Lawrence. And it's not like Chris – if Christian Kirk was available, maybe we'd do, like, a, a Kirk-Trevor uh, Lawrence thing. But it just didn't line up. So what we ended up doing is going with a running back and tight end here. We ended up going with Kittle – and J.K. Dobbins at the turn. We get our first running back in Dobbins, who Dobbins has sort of fallen down draft boards since this draft, but at the time was a good pick. We go Kittle. I think it's a good sign that uh, Kareem went Pitts right after I went Kittle. I have to assume that he probably wanted Kittle to kind of match up with like a Debo stack or something. But we get Kittle, and again, we're still optimizing for that Week 17. We still do want to take down the $20,000. It would be pretty cool to win this entire thing. Uh, especially, it'd be at the end of the day, fellas, it'd be pretty cool to, to ship it from the 12 spot sandwiched by Kareem using a zero RB strategy. That would be pretty sick. Now, again, is that maybe the smartest way to use my $1,000? Probably not. But at the end of the day, I decided let's have some fun. We went with a zero RB build. George Kittle, Christian Watson, two guys I think have huge, huge spike week potential. Of course, George Kittle can be the tight end one overall in any given week. Same thing with Christian Watson in terms of wide receiver one overall. And then we get to the 7-8 spot. And again, I, like I feel really behind that quarterback. Again, I think quarterback is a really nice floor raiser. So we bite the bullet, and we take the last wide receiver I have in this tier pretty much and pair him with Deshaun Watson. We go Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore at that 7-8 turn. Now, I think that's going to be a common stack, but in a, in a field of 240 teams, what's that going to be? Like maybe a couple, a few, 10, 15? I don't really know how many Elijah Moore uh, Deshaun Watson teams there will be. I mean, I'm trying to think through. If there's 240 teams, that means what? There's like... Damn it, I can't do the math quite well. But I think that I think that means there's probably like 20 leagues. No, 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 it is, I think. I think that means there's 20 leagues. Uh, yeah, 20. there's 20 individual leagues. So at most, there's like 20 other teams. That's assuming that every single draft has an Elijah Moore, Deshaun Watson stack. So it's not going to be uh, all that common. Now, we do have just one running back through eight rounds. So it is time to switch it up. And we do go Antonio Gibson here where he falls past ADP. Right now, his ADP is 99. We get him at pick 108 here. And then we go in Joku to stack with Deshaun Watson. Again, if you're drafting Deshaun Watson, you're betting on the Browns passing game. And if you're betting on the Browns passing game, you might as well get Elijah Moore and David Njoku. We need that entire passing game to crush uh, for this to work out, for us to close ground from Deshaun Watson to everybody else as an elite quarterback. 
<coughs> in this room. Now, from this point forward, my goal is pretty much come out of every single turn uh, with at least one running back. And that's what we do. This is rounds 13 to 18 here, where we end up going with Jalen Warren next. Uh, he's like a nice, you know, upside handcuff. And then we also go with Donovan Peoples-Jones, another pass catcher for Cleveland. So that other guy we saw in the 30-team tournament won with, again, Trevor Lawrence to Evan Ingram to uh, Zay Jones to Christian Kirk. Kind of did a similar thing here with the Browns where we're going to take a late quarterback and kind of see what happens and see if we can get, you know, a nice shot at that upside with this Cleveland Browns offense. Now, for rounds 13 through 18, uh, we also get – uh, Kendra Miller after Don Peoples Jones. I'm not quite spooked on him just yet. The Kareem Hunt signing is an official. He uh, took a visit with the Colts now. And on top of that, we got him at pick 157 here. His ADP on underdog today, even with all the Alvin Kamara stuff, is 146. So we get a nice value there. And then at this point, I will be honest with you guys, we are in the 15th round. I'm scrambling for quarterback three. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson is not enough. Oh, I forgot to mention we took Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson, we took him there in the 12th round to stack to uh, Jerry Judy that we took earlier, just to have some correlation there. And then also, we take Curtis Samuel here because I'm scrambling for QB. Uh, we had Christian Watson earlier, and we had uh, you know Amon Ross St. Brown, but like Goff and Jordan Love both got scooped up before I was really in the mix to take either of them. So we took Curtis Samuel. As a Week 17 stack, the Washington Washington plays San Francisco in the final week, Week 17, which is Kittle, right? So in the world where Kittle is the tight end one overall in the week and San Fran goes crazy, maybe Washington has to come from behind and they have to pass the ball a ton. So we get Curtis Samuel, and then at the 17-12, we stack him to Sam Howell. Now, we also finish up our last of the running back room with Deonta Foreman and Ezekiel Elliott. Both, like, when we look at the final team, they both ended up being guys we got like, I think, like, way past ADP, right? Where, like, Zeke Elliott, like, if I make this bigger, Zeke Elliott's ADP was 172 at the time of this. We got him at 205, and if he ends up being on Dallas, uh, we get a nice little correlation to Amon Ross St. Brown in that Detroit-Dallas game in Week 17. And then we also got Deonta Foreman, like, 20 picks past ADP. So this team's weak at running back, don't get me wrong, but it is a 0RB team. We're kind of betting on everything else on our team to crush. And then also pretty much all of our running backs besides Jalen Warren and J.K. Dobbins were, like, massive value. So I kind of like the way the team looks. Uh, and here's a squad on paper, right? It's a 3-6-7-2. All three quarterbacks are stacked. We have Deshaun to, uh, you know, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku. Maybe we could have gotten a Jets player as a Week 17 correlation, but that's how you know. Look, some of you guys are going to comment and be like, Ron, you, you went too hard on correlation. This isn't the contest for that. You might be right, but at the same time, I didn't, I didn't get any Jets bring back on the Deshaun Watson stuff. I didn't get a Chargers bring back for Russell Wilson. This is, you know, stacking them to their Week 17 matchup. I only had one Week 17 stack. I think it's still important to have – uh, team stacks even in a flatter tournament like this because again if I'm taking Deshaun Watson early I'm betting on the Cleveland passing game anyways I don't have to necessarily optimize week 17 but I should be optimizing to get the the least amount of bets right as possible which is the whole point of correlation now when we talk about kind of what this team is three six seven two which when we look at uh, TJ Hernandez's uh, he has a really good tweet that I have bookmarked and it shows all the playoff advance rate over expectations uh, over the years. And 3672 is the second best three quarterback build team on this list. And 3573 was never an option, right? 3573 is in the top, uh, but we have an elite tight end in Kittle, so there's not really a need to do that. Uh, and then also we needed another running back. The 3672 is what we ended up with. It's been a, you know, it's been under expectation the last two tournaments. In the first tournament, BBM won. It was pretty damn good. We'll see how it does here. And then I also plugged this in to uh, Rotoviz's roster construction tool, where if we look here, we can see that if we take a uh, 
four wide receivers through the first four rounds, running back one in rounds five plus, and then RB2 in round nine like we did. The advancers are still pretty strong. You ended up with seven wide receivers, and over the last two seasons, there's been 1,435 teams that had the exact same start, and their playoff advance rate was 23.8% when your average is 16.7%. So this has been a strong build overall. Now, again, you can say that that's a, that's a tournament where it's 2 out of 12, so it's tough to compare apples to apples to a tournament that's 6 out of 12. And you can say, you know, maybe I'm shooting for a little bit too much upside here, and I probably didn't have to, but I sort of feel like the room kind of forced me to zig a little bit, try a zero RB team, and again, I think that it would be pretty cool to kind of stun on them, win this tournament with zero RB. Zero RB was the regular season winner uh, in BBM3, which was more of a, you know, if you're the regular season winner, that's less about uh, like the final week advance rate, and it's more about just like having the best overall team, and he did zero RB. So I don't mind the team. Again, could you have maybe said uh, I should have taken like ETN or Gibbs over one of the wide receivers at the round three, four spot? I think that's a fine contention. But at the end of the day, I had to play monkey in the middle with Pat Kareen, the guy who just won BBM three. And I think we kind of held our own. It's a well-structured team. There's an emphasis on taking down the 20K up top. And at the same time, as much as this is a flatter tournament, I'm not playing this tournament to spend $1,000 and make 1000 back from finishing like 115th, you know? Uh, I'd like to win one of those big top prizes, and I think I would like to do it in a room with Pat Crane. I think it would be a kind of a cool thing to do. So it's a team I can live with. Again, uh, you know, this is one of the higher stakes. I, I wouldn't uh, recommend anybody who doesn't make content or isn't just absolutely loaded with money to do a, a $1,000 draft. But if you want to hop on there and do their, you know, uh, more of their other tournaments where it's like $5 to enter, $10 to enter, and you want to try out these best ball strategies for yourself or just hop in a league, and draft a team because you have that itch and it's August and there's almost football around the quarter. Make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy, best best ball platform in the entire land. And the app is amazing. You open up the app, it's just absolutely beautiful. You're scrolling through, it just all works really well. You can star players, you can pick players, you can, you know, you can go on a walk with your dog. Like every morning when I take Winnie for a walk, I'm drafting a team. Like it's it's perfect. It holds up on LTE. Make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code Ron and do a match or deposit up to $100. I'll have a link in the description in the comment section down below. You click the link, it'll take you to Underdog Fantasy. It'll use promo code RON, and boom, you'll be all good to go. So with that being said, if you enjoyed, make sure you down below, subscribe, leave a like, turn on post notifications as well, because we are going to be streaming every single day from now through kickoff. Uh, and as soon as I turn off the camera here, I'm going to turn it on again and hop on a stream to do a best ball draft with you guys. This post is going to be out, up, I think, probably in the morning. So with all that being said, I love you guys, and I will see y'all in the next one. Oh, yeah.